The podcast you're about to listen to is not part of the Professional Casual Network. Any of the views or opinions expressed on Elite Eight Showdown do not reflect the views or opinions of the Professional Casual Network. But to find more podcasts like this, please visit ProfessionalCasual.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, welcome to the only podcast on planet God dang earth where we pick anything and everything to face off in an eight subject bracket elimination tournament. This is Elite Eight Showdown. I am your temporary host, Big Tim, and I am joined by my current comrade, cohort and co-conspirator, but most importantly, a co-host and a dear friend, Jordan. Definitely got invited to Craig's wedding. I don't know his last name. France. Uh, welcome. <laughs> hey, that's so weird. We have the same last name. I, you know, <laughs> that worked out so well. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, that there was some secret bond. You know what I mean? Between it, Wreck My Podcast really and Elite yeah, Showdown. Is that James Bond's brother? Bond, secret bond? I, I That very well might be. He might be. I think so. I mean, if there's any, if there's another bond, he would be secret, right? Like it just fits in with all of it. Uh, and they're all, they're both trying to live up to their older brother who was just overappreciated and just a real workhorse gold bond. Was, oh, gold uh, bond. Yes. Yeah. And then there's the little sister people know about mutual. Uh, she's great. <laughs> Finance jokes actually hit me in a really yeah, nice spot. I, I like that a lot. I figured you'd like that. You would like that, right? <laughs> You know, bonds are getting creamed this quarter, but <laughs> we are here with Jordan from Wreck My Podcast to uh, do 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 a bracket. And this week's episode will be the eight most regrettable trips down memory lane from Wreck My Podcast. So if you're unfamiliar oh, yes. with Wreck My Podcast, uh, actually, Jordan, tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah. Give us some so context. Rec- yeah, here's some context. Uh, so Wreck My Podcast is a show I started a long time ago that was an excuse for me to hang out with my friends and watch old shows and drink beer. Uh, so essentially what we do is we pick things from our childhood. Uh, we rewatch it as adults. We see whether or not it holds up to the nostalgic rose tinted glasses, if you will, um, and see if it wrecks our childhood or not. Uh, we don't always do just childhood things. We kind of do some stuff that's newer uh, we do some things that are just god awful, um, but I kind of stuck when you asked for this, just childhood nostalgic things, essentially 90s to early 2000s, which is about where I was in the childhood phase, kind of going into prepubescence. Uh, so um, there were uh, going through the list. I was like, man, there are a lot that really just just were a downer. You know, you remember it being so amazing Mm -hmm. and then you rewatch it and you're like, God, this is just, this is horseshit. (laughs) What was I thinking? (laughs) This didn't hold up at all. I, this is bad. Why did I like this? I was seriously. Yeah. I, I sometimes, I I mean, it makes sense for some of them, but some of them were like uh, just out of left field. Um, like I, I, I won't, I won't say any of them. We'll, once we get into the brackets, I'll yeah. tell you some of my opinions were ones where I thought they were going to hold up and they didn't. And those are just sad. Cause when you're expecting it not to hold up, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm expecting to be let down. That's fine. Um, it's kind of how we feel hanging out with Craig all the time, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you know, every day I'll tell you, uh, I head out to my mailbox and he just, he just lets me down again. Still haven't received a wedding invitation. Uh, yeah. We have riots in the discord uh, over me editing out the address. He called, I don't know if he mentioned this, by the way, he called oh, no. the show, the network number while we were recording the final mm-hmm. episode of Elite Eight Showdown. Oh, dang. And was goaded into giving the day and address Uh-oh. of his wedding. <laughs> and then Chuck said he would bring back Elite Eight Showdown if three big Chuckers crashed Craiger's wedding. Oh, that's amazing. That Okay. I think Craiger would be in for that, though. <laughs> I thought so, too. And then, then I got a message a, a couple weeks later, which was a surprising amount of time to wait. Yes. Uh, to maybe refrain from leaving in the address multiple times and then several challenges to make sure people go and crash it. But see what what this tells me is he really struggled with that. He was <laughs> up nights just thinking, I really want this to stay, but should I? And here was his big mistake. He messaged Chuck first. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Who, who has been very clear that he will never edit the show. In fact, the reason the show mm-hmm. ending is because he refuses to edit uh, yes. was was probably not the person to 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 ask if it could be cut out. So, no. Yeah. I've noticed anytime I reach out to Chuck, um, I don't get a response. Yeah. You know, he he gives me a lot of crap uh, on the show about not responding to him or not inviting him on, even though he has been on the show now. Yeah. Uh, but I get just as much. I, I think he won a Patreon uh, raffle of ours. And it took me like three weeks to finally get him to respond. Like, dude, what's your address? What do you want? Like, yeah, <laughs> like yep. you won something. <laughs> I'll give it to myself. I'll give myself that shirt that says, I don't fear hell. I survived Arby's. Oh, I mean, what a great on. shirt that was, too. Yeah, like, that, thing, that thing was a good find. It really was. And so fitting for him, very specifically. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad he enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but long story short, did end up replacing the address for Craiger's wedding with uh, the network P.O. box. Every time that mm. came up and it came up a whole bunch. I think there's enough clues in there, especially if people watch the video where they can still see our lips say the address. But um, uh-huh. that's where we're going to. Yeah, we're going to get some real sleuthing going on there. Yeah, they got to make it a game. Then it's not my fault. They just worked yeah. too hard. Yeah, this is like this is like the Riddler in Gotham, right? Like you're Correct. setting the clues there and then your listeners are Batman, I guess, in this analogy. Yeah. <laughs> One hundred. I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really appreciate this bracket that we're going to do, especially with with the theme of your show. Where where these eight things here, and and this is very important because looking at these eight things, I was like, yeah, these have all got to hold up, right? But these are mm-hmm. all very specifically things that you went back and watched, and it just it crushed you, correct? Yeah, it it was very disappointing because. Uh, to be honest, I'm trying. I remember some of the list I gave you, but I don't remember all of it, which I think is going to make for great television. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so uh, but the ones I do remember, I remember just thinking, man, I love them as a kid. And that's just that's a shot straight to the heart right there. You know, mm-hmm. when you're just so excited to revisit this thing and then you do and you're like, 
Man, that just sucks. And, you know, I do want to say uh, that I really do appreciate you having me on the show here. If uh, there's anything I love to do is while I'm I'm on podcast vacation, being on other shows that don't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> The stakes have like, never been lower. Never been lower. I like to think that I'm kind of like, you know, when someone dies and then they just expel their bowels. That's my voice right now for a day showdown. <laughs> the underpants death throw. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and similar to and maybe this is a thing about, you know, um, being the person that actually has to coordinate. Uh, things on podcast. I reached out to a couple people from Wreck My Podcast, and uh, the one who I really thought would be into it, constantly leaving me on red, uh, Mr. Kreger. Yes, Kreger. I I am shocked that he wasn't clamoring to actually ask you, yeah, to be on the show before he even knew there were going to be what is this post credit uh, teasers? Is that what we're going with here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The epilogue, really. Yeah. It makes sense that Cam or Joe wouldn't. Joe's just kind of off in his own world. Half the time, he doesn't even show up for our show. I will, I'll message him in the morning, the day we're supposed to record. He's like, I'll be there. And then it gets to like 1030 at night after we're done. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> so he makes sense. He wouldn't actually be <laughs> responding to you. Right. Well, so and, and here was the thought was like, I tried to set it up so that uh, Big Chuck could come in on a, uh, you know, like a USB wireless mic thing from the kitchen, like partway through just interjecting Aww. things here and there. But yes, it just it didn't it didn't pan Don't, out. Obviously. Hey, we can steal your gimmicks. You can't steal ours. OK, <laughs> Yeah, you guys even went on hiatus before us. That's bull. That is. <laughs> I know. Garbage. <laughs> you announced it way before, but we did it first. <laughs> Yeah, we, we and we recorded the episode where we announced it in like 2017 or whatever. So like, uh, yeah, we record so <laughs> you guys far ahead. Are really far out. There. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, there's this virus kicking around. I've heard about. I hope it's not going to yeah. be a big deal. But you guys were talking about the financial crisis, but that was like 2008. You know? Yeah, listen, uh, it all comes back around eventually. Correct. Correct. But let's jump right into it. Bracket number one, as always, brought to us or brought to you, I suppose, by Built Bar, where you can use code professional casual at checkout. Built Bar, they offer protein bars. They taste good. If you try them and you're like, wow, that's that's uh, an unstereotypical protein bar. Uh, you'd be correct because they're a little bit chewier. They're more like a candy bar. And the macros are honestly really good. They also have Built Boost, which is like a whole bunch of B vitamins. If you don't want a bunch of caffeine, but you also want to be uncomfortably energetic, that's a great product to use as well. Uh, and it helps support the show. And you get 10% off your order by using that code. Either way. So let me let me yeah. let me ask you a question about it, because I hear you guys talk about the Built stuff. Mm -hmm. all Not Built Bar anymore. They're Built. Uh, so yes, yes. builds.com uh, builds.com. Um, so the built boosts now I used to, I I'm also a fan of going to the gym. I mm -hmm. like to work out and I used to take, uh, like the nitric oxides before I would work out as like my pre-workout and everything yeah. like a sorry pump and all that back in the day. But it used to give me the jitters like so bad. And I ended up just stopped using it because I just hate it half the time i'd leave the gym early just because i wasn't feeling well from it but mm -hmm. the half the time it worked it really worked how does this stack up like does this give you the jitters because i'm looking for i'm looking to up my game a little bit here and i'm trying to find a good pre-workout so if so this is exactly how i use it there, there's no cap here whatsoever um i love built boost uh midway through a workout when my pre-workout starts to wane a little bit and i'm starting to feel just like oh maybe i'll only do one more set that's when i kind of replenish a little bit i have um that's when i take my bcaas as well like kind of mm -hmm. mid-workout and i throw a built boost in there no jitters 
It is like popping a couple B6s and B12s, uh, so it's pretty steady. Um, and I use it to be able to continue and, and kind of finish out the workout high initially intended before giving up halfway through. So, so I should be doing, so you're, you're taking a pre-workout and then this on top of it. Mm -hmm. Not only do I take, so yeah, I'm, I'm also a supplement fiend. So, um, I take my pre-workout and then I have a stack with that as well. That's a non-stim that I stack on top of that. Uh, and then yeah, mid-workout I'm taking my BCAAs and my built boost or some other B vitamin, um, uh, supplement, uh, G fuel hydrate. Also, it fills yes. that, that role. And I really like that now. Okay. Um, but, uh, and yeah, that's, that's how I finish her out before, uh, moving into protein and, and recovery subs. Dang, man, that's crazy. Like I, I used to do some stacks back in the day, but like, I don't know, man, they always made me feel like crap. So I just, I just kind of gave up on them. I have run into the ones that made me feel like crap and I stopped using them. Like legitimately. Yeah. So I don't I don't have a crash or anything anymore, which is, is very nice um, because I hated the ones that turn my stomach and I hated the tinglies. Mm-hmm. They were cool when you Oof. first use a pre-workout and you're like, oh, my gosh. But like, yeah, eventually the first, just like, like, this yeah, is the annoying. First two days you're on your cycle. It's great. But then by like day, week three or whatever, like before you're starting to like yep. rotate off, you're just like, this is miserable. Why am I doing this to myself? Mm-hmm. And I, I do things in a, in a little bit of a different way, too, where I only use all of those things a maximum of twice a week. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, so you're not doing the whole like because I used to do it where it was every day, whether I was working out or not, and you kept it in your system. No, nope, I don't do that. Uh, I do. Oh, yeah, I do uh, have a maintenance creatine that I take and, and a few other things. But as far as like pre-workouts and stuff, no. Uh, only, Man, well, only maybe I'll start I'm really sending it. Yeah, maybe I'll start I'll start dabbling with built a little bit and see how it feels and try yeah. and move back into it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know someone that could probably get around to sending you some samples as well. There so, you go. There you go. You give me his number. I, whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work here anymore, but we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. <laughs> OK. All right. So bracket number one. And once again, these are all episodes of Wreck My Podcast that did, in fact, destroy Jordan's childhood. We have Flubber. Robin Williams classic mm-hmm. flubber mm-hmm. Yes. up against <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal classic uh, Kazam. Oh, man, dude. OK, so <laughs> this is a great matchup, actually, because these two were ones I frequented as a child. Oh, flubber yeah. had the VHS. I watched it all the time. And, you know, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but influenza, strep throat, meningitis. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so Robin Williams, man, like I remember, I, I still think most Robin Williams roles, he's the type of person where just him being on screen makes me laugh, yeah. right? Like he, he could literally say any line, whether it's meant to be funny or not. And I'm like, this guy is hilarious, right? How does he do it? How does he do it? Um, really depressed, I guess. But so the the problem with Flubber was I remember this movie being the pinnacle when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so good. And it shattered not only my nostalgia of it, but the fact that Robin Williams actually did have a bad role. And I don't blame him because I feel like the lines weren't good. And I feel like they really didn't let him improv too much because that's where he shines, right? Just yeah. Yep. Going crazy, doing the voices. There were a few moments of that, but I didn't laugh. But once I think the whole movie, which was just the saddest thing in the world when I was yeah. looking forward to it. 
Kazam on the other side, I remember <laughs> loving as a kid, but also remembered that it probably was awful because yes. it's, it's Shaquille O'Neal. What do you, what do you expect? I did forget that he tried to rap or poet rhyme. Well, his, a lot of the movie, his lamp was a boombox, correct? That's what, yes, his, yeah. his lamp, his lamp was a lamp until it got crushed. And then the spirit of the lamp sucked into a boombox and a do. decrepit St. Louis or Detroit downtown area. They didn't say, but I just imagine <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but then the problem was with it. I'm like, okay, you need to commit either have him rapping everything or yeah. not at all, because they would do sometimes sort of like the rap would be there, whether you want to believe it rhymed or not is up to interpretation. Mm -hmm. But then other times you just be like, yeah, I'm a guy just talking like normal. I'm like, wait a second. What are the rules of this <laughs> genie law here? <laughs> be consistent. It's, it's one of those movies too, where like, I feel like at a certain point, maybe it was just heavily shot out of order. And they, they filmed mm -hmm. a bunch of the middle uh, where he wasn't rapping as much. And then they were like, all right, now we're going to go back. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if you rapped a whole bunch? And they, then they filmed those scenes and they were like, ah, oh, man, and we're not going to pay Shaq to go back and redo those, though. So this is what it is. Yeah, I think it, I think that's a lot of the problem there. Um, I also forgot how morbid the ending was. Like the child literally dies um, and oh, then gets shit, resurrected really? by. Yeah, like Shaquille O'Neal becomes one with the universe or something and turns into golden Shaquille O'Neal and then shines a beaming ray of happiness down into the dead, lifeless body of this child and then resurrects it. And then everyone's happy at the end and he gets a, a, a hot fudge sundae and then it's done. <laughs> I forgot how like morbid the movie really was at the end there yeah. um, for a child's movie, of course. So here's 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 where I'm weighing these two because these both were very disappointing for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Flubber I had super high expectations for and was very disappointed with the, the humor of it. Kazam, I had no expectations for and it lived up to my expectations. Mm -hmm. The difference is why I'm going to move Kazam along as the one that wrecked my childhood more because that's what we're doing, right? The one that's like the most wrecking of the child. Yeah, the one that was the most depressing to go back and watch and realize it didn't live up to your expectations. OK, I'm going to move Kazam along because there was one redeeming factor of flubber okay. was um whatever the chicks chick uh robots name was i've I'm blanking Fl oh, flubo yeah. or flubbo or whatever something like that mm -hmm. um looked amazing i think that thing like if it was cgi you couldn't tell this thing looked like a practical effect yeah and also the fact that it made love with the idea of being with a human to create an offspring at one point <laughs> like <laughs> saves the movie it's like it's like ex machina before ex machina it yeah. was amazing so that's the i'm gonna flubber for that sole reason is gonna get a pass here and we're all gonna right. move kazam along <laughs> all right so kazam moving on a uh, bracket number and well just one thing here too with with flubber uh it is kind of an odd spot for robin williams where that was kind of as his star was very much rising but before peak right mm -hmm. and it, it was it's gotta be they can't all be bangers and i think uh, mm -hmm. you're 100 correct and that a lot of it has to have been um the ability to improv and and, and riff and do that because that's really where he excels and he doesn't do good as a straight man you know what I mean? He has to be no. there for comedy. And in that mm -hmm. movie, that wasn't a comedic role. 
and most of his improv is very vulgar. So, I mean, there's there's just massive amounts of YouTube videos of like him being the genie, which is this vulgar content that could never be released. And I imagine <laughs> that's what happened here, too, is they're just like, we don't have anything to pick that's funny because everything that's funny can't be in a kid's movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that kind of hurt it a little bit. Um, if you weren't satisfied with the conversation that Jordan and I had earlier about pre-workouts and using built boost. Our second bracket is going to be brought to us by raise energy, where you can use that promo code professional casual at checkout and get 15% off your order. If you want to use the same pre-workout that Tim uses, I in fact use, um, raise energy's pre-workout. I like it a lot. They have great flavors. They send me samples a lot. That's a big part of it. Uh, but uh, I do, in fact, really like their stack, and they have a whole bunch of great products, whether it's protein, uh, stimulant supplements, non-stimulant supplements. Uh, they make up most of my wardrobe as well with their T-shirts mm -hmm. and hats. If it's not a uh, network T-shirt, it's probably a Raise Energy T-shirt that I'm wearing. But I really like them a lot. They have great stuff, great flavors, and they're always innovating. They've won the Clash of Clans now two years in a row for the best tasting energy drink. Um, and they have started uh, making it available in powder as well, which is a little bit cheaper, easier to have on hand. And I really like because then you're not paying for, you know, big 12 pack of cans shipments and stuff. You just get, a, you know, 50 packets of powder and just send her out. It's absolutely kept us up alert and um, also asleep because they have a sleep supplement that I absolutely adore. That's recovery with a little bit of melatonin. Um, and yeah, I, I really like them a lot. George. I can really appreciate that, uh, that, that business model where they're like, not only are we going to get you while you're awake, we're going to get you while you're asleep too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I, that, that's, that's a good business model. I like that right there. Well, and it's one of those things where I feel like most people I know are on some level of melatonin or, or, or cycling mm -hmm. on and off of it. And their hypersleep, it has five milligrams of melatonin in it. I split out a single dose between a few nights. So I'm really only getting one or maybe one and a half, maybe two. Uh, but the other stuff is actually just solid in there. It's that uh, a neurotropics or, or whatever to just kind of relax you, put you to sleep, Ooh. you stay to sleep. And uh, helps your helps your body recover, especially after a workout day. But nice, I really like them a lot, and um, all of their products come in gummy bear flavor, and I really like ah, gummy bears a lot. Nice, that's that's good stuff right there. But but not gummy worm flavor, right? No gummy worm flavor. They do have uh, gummy worm flavors as well. Is there a difference? <laughs> there, um, excuse me. Yes. I don't know. I don't, I don't eat gummy candy. So I, this wow. is, this is how I, so this is, this is how it equates to me. I, I think like a full size Snicker bar and a fun size Snicker bar taste the same to me, but I know people who think they taste different. So I mm. guess I could see how a gummy bear versus a gummy uh, worm compared to a gummy lobster could all taste different. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Reese's holiday editions, eggs, okay. trees, pumpkins. Yes. Yes. Tastes different than regular Reese's peanut butter cups. 100% because the ratio it's of peanut butter to chocolate is way different. Mm -hmm. And that is the same thing with gummy bears and gummy worms. You are so using... the ratio of corn syrup to food dye is different. <laughs> uh, very legitimately, I think the shape and how it hardens and firms up based on its total volume affects it quite heavily. I could see that. There's there's probably a lot of science behind this. Mm -hmm. I I... I want to read that dissertation. Also, gummy worms, normally two flavors, both of mm -hmm. which are not P 
peak form of that individual flavor, while gummy bears all have very individual impactful flavors where they're at the, the they're at their peak. Each individual one of those versus being blended with something else and having that cross contamination. And is yeah. this a cherry lemon or is this a lemon cherry? Right. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Do do one thing 100 percent rather than two things. Fifty percent. I get that. Exactly. Have you, have you guys discussed this thing? I saw I saw an article about uh, sugar free gummy bears just making people shit their brains out mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you tried that? Oh, yeah. it's it's uh, So once again, so my workout regimen has a lot of layers, right? And yes. so um, I also implement candy during my workout as well to get some quick, nice. fast digesting carbs. Um, sugar-free gummy bears, however, uh, when you supplement daily with protein and you start to get bound up, there is not a better release than a sugar-free gum, gummy bear bomb. Uh, it's some, some people call it the internal shower and oh, I, nice. and I feel like it, it does in fact work very well. Um, but That's yeah, good. sugar That's free good. gummy bears are pretty much pure sugar alcohol. And if your body does not respond well to that, uh, yeah, I, it'll let you know. I had halo top once and I was not feeling it the next day. So I think that would oh, wreck really? me. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They would don't go anywhere near them ever. I have a they pretty high tolerance me. for it. Um, but yeah, if, if Halo Top gets you, bud. Um, <laughs> whew, I mean, almost just for science reasons, I feel like you kind of got to try it. But yeah, how far can he go? <laughs> the good news is it's like an edible, right? It doesn't hit you until like an hour and a half later. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, it's, it's like it waits till it knows you're at the most inopportune time, right? Like you go out to the store, the line's super long and it's like you get that basket out because you're going. <laughs> so what a lot of people don't realize is actually um, sugar alcohol affects the synapses in your brain to specifically ignore like highway signage that says, you know, last rest stop for 34 miles mm-hmm. literally yes. erases it from your body's uh, or from your brain's ability to perceive that. And uh, I can yeah, see that. I always get you. I- I mean, if nothing is more fun than having explosive diarrhea, it's having to hold it in for 30 minutes and just a white knuckle (laughs) race against yourself. Right. And that's the thing is you could just pull over. You could. You have those brown fast food napkins in your glove box. You could handle this. Maybe you keep some dude wipes in your center council like I do just in case. But listen, you will you will not take any opportunity to actually write it. And that's what the, the what the allulose and the uh, the sugar alcohol does. Yeah, it'd be unfortunate for me. I only have uh, chopsticks and a soy sauce packet in my glove compartment. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Once again, great when you're constipated. But, yeah, totally but, great. Right? Not the other way around. Um, speaking of uh, literally all of that, we have Good Burger in bracket oh, yeah. two up against iRobot. Okay, Okay, this is okay. So this is a this is a good matchup because I got Good Burger was like young childhood yeah. f- like love. iRobot was something as I was kind of coming into uh like junior high time where I was like, oh man, existential ideas and Alan Tudyk is the voice of a robot when I didn't know who Alan Tudyk was at the time. I and now didn't he's, know that. And yeah, now he's he's a national treasure. Uh, that guy 100%. is like if I if I had to pick any celebrity I'd want to just become friends with and hang out with Alan Tudyk, 100 percent all him and Mark Hamill. Those two yeah. guys love it. Um, they are just gems of human beings. But he, so Good Burger wrecked my childhood because I remember it being the funniest thing ever. I'm like, Kel Mitchell, 
Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Come on. Like these guys are the pinnacle. It didn't disappoint as much as you would think. It just didn't live up as much either. And I think the problem with Good Burger was that there were a lot of like just a lot like the the acting was to the point where it was almost distracting, not by Keenan Thompson or Kel Mitchell, but by like the surrounding cast. Yeah, just was not not cast very well. Um, so there was a lot of times where I was just kind of like, uh, can we just focus on these guys and stop like focusing on all this other crap that's going on? Like, I don't really care about that. Yeah. Um, the saving grace of good burger is I'm a dude. I mean, that song will live on forever in infamy. Um, where I robot side of things was so good burger was a shorter movie as well. I robot was like <laughs> two hours of a trudge fest where yeah. the very beginning I got so excited. I'm like, Oh man, this is living up. It's doing really good. Will Smith's being funny. Ha ha ha. And then all of a sudden it just kind of like got really boring mm-hmm. <laughs> for a really long time. And then Shia LaBeouf shows up for like two seconds. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot Shia LaBeouf was in this. And then he didn't show up again <laughs> until the end. <laughs> and I was like, was he even in this? What was the point of this? You know? Um, and then you also get to the end and it's like, what actually happened? I was like, so are the robots like, are they creating their own, like, in like a society? Yeah. Are they just going in their boxes again? Like what is happening? It's like not very, it's so ambiguous. It's kind of like that. It wants to be that feel good moment when in reality you're like, um, you just tried to murder humans. You don't think the humans are just going to decommission every single right robot on the face of the planet. Well, and there's that, totally quint- gonna do there's that quintessential scene too, right? Where Will Smith is yelling at that robot and you find out that Will Smith's not a funny guy in this one. He's just a dude that yes. really hates fucking robots uh yep. and he's like can you write a symphony can you blow out your asshole when you have a bunch of sugar-free gummy bears and <laughs> the robot's like can you like it's just such a great scene <laughs> it is a great scene yeah and, but then uh, yeah so it, it all uh, this, this is a hard one again to the whole will smith thing it's like they they almost said write him like his role in bad boys make it crappier is kind of mm-hmm. what they said is like mm-hmm. I, how I feel the pitch meeting went for yeah. the role in this movie. Um, give me men so, in black at 60%. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also give him like a fake arm, you know, um, where, so that everyone is thinking every 13 year old boy is thinking, man, that's the real stranger right there. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to push iRobot forward because even mm-hmm. though good burger was disappointing, um, it wasn't as disappointing and it wasn't as long yeah. <laughs> and it was also meant to be a kid's movie where I robot was supposed to be something for like adults to enjoy. And here I am as an adult being like, yeah, I remember this being way better. Well, and it, it, I robot was supposed to be like a summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. like good burger was supposed to be a, a movie you dropped your kids off so you could go Christmas shopping. Like, yes. so, yes. and there's one thing in movies that infuriate me more than anything else. And it's the convenience of not being able to explain something that could easily be explained. Right. Mm. The fact that every time these robots tried to murder something or someone, no one else, but Will Smith saw it, even in the scene where they're in a busy freeway tunnel with other cars going around, somehow no one else. Yep was able to see this occurrence happen except for this one person and things like that infuriate me because I'm like, this is easily explainable and easily just like shut it down right now. Cause you know, in the future, no one has dash cams. You know what I mean? Not at all. No. 
because none of us have just cameras everywhere. Correct. <laughs> the early 21st century. <laughs> All right. So I robot is moving on bracket number three. Uh, speaking of be being decommissioned, you know who helps us be decommissioned every week when they help us decommission the trash? That's Bearded Dragon Games, where you can make our local game store your local game store. Pick up all your Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Magic the Gathering, board games, card games, the whole lot. You can go to beardeddragongames.online, use that code NOTPCNME10. There's only a select few of those left and you'll get 11% off your order. Unlike those people that go over and use code PCME10, which only get 10% off. Anthony over at Bearded Dragon Games uh, treats us very well. He's been a professional cake sitter since inception. He was one of our first patrons. He supported the network a lot, and he's the proprietor of Bearded Dragon Games, and we really appreciate him. So we would appreciate if you appreciate him as well. But bracket number three, Jordan. Oh, man. Is Rocket Man. Mm -hmm. Up against probably one of the greatest movies of all time that definitely holds up, Small Soldiers. <laughs> the founder so, of the Rodeo Burger itself, Small Soldiers. Bullseye so barbecue I mean, sauce and onion rings on a burger. Thank you, Small Soldiers. I salute you. I don't, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. I'm, I, it's a little bit fuzzy why I even decided to do small soldiers as a movie when I knew it was going to be terrible anyway. <laughs> so small soldiers was an episode, uh, strictly for you and Chuck, <laughs> because you guys, uh, mentioned on your show that small soldiers, it holds up. Um, and I'm here to say, have you have you watched it since you made that uh, the, that blasphemous statement? <laughs> no, I am unwilling to look at my mistakes in the face. <laughs> OK, perfect. Um, so small soldiers versus what, what was it going up against again? Uh, Rocket small Man. Soldiers. Oh, Rocket Man. OK, um, so Rocket Man, the movie that landed him half baked, you know what I yes. mean? So, yeah. So Rocket Man here. Here's the problem. Rocket Man has a lot of problematic things in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like weird non-consensual things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also some strange things about whether or not uh, it's cool that NASA sends someone who is uh, allegedly on the spectrum into space. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. there's just a lot going on here uh, in that movie that almost saves it. Because of how ridiculous it is, it, it goes into that just absurd territory. But on the other side, regardless of my feelings on small soldiers and the absolute god-awful acting, god-awful voice work, god-awful uh, CGI, mm -hmm. god-awful plot line, <laughs> god-awful... <laughs> product names, placement. Uh, god-awful product placement. Um, there's still... Kirsten Dunst <laughs> <laughs> and and as you said a burger that people can enjoy at the time that the movie was released and also I'm a fan of um of a, not ambiguity but uh misinterpreted intentions the mm. fact that this movie was 
put out as a kid's movie and then the studio decided throw in one scene where there's blood and one of the guys says damn and let's make it pg-13 to be edgy Mm -hmm. to confuse the whole situation and then you get a burger out of it i mean misinterpretation birthed a burger king meal and i can get behind that this is america damn it (laughs) (laughs) and i need you to know the rodeo burger is very important very 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 important it is a cultural icon with no vegetables on it zero Mm -hmm. i don't have to special order it there's no mayo there's no mustard there's no lettuce tomato or onion in a non-onion ring variety it is the perfect burger made for children uh who are adults now Yes, I, I'm 100% with that. Um, I agree with you. I hate eating my vegetables, including mustard and mayo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I think this this movie this this bracket right here is going to come down to things outside of uh, the the movies themselves. Mm. And I think Rocket Man it birthed Half Baked, but Small Soldiers birthed a burger. And if anything, I'd rather see a burger birthed <laughs> than, than anything half-baked. Harlan Williams has ever done. Harlan Williams, <laughs> let's be honest. He, I, I honestly, I feel like he's kind of like a, um, I forget what the name of the guy is who plays Kramer, Richard something or whatever. Yeah. But he reminds me of him in the sense where you're like, that guy's probably really funny. And then you meet him in real life and he's a racist. Uh-huh. I don't know that for certain. Uh-huh. I just get that vibe. So because of my completely um, unknowledgeable idea of what he is like, <laughs> uh, he is going to move on. We're going we're gonna to let small soldiers be saved mm-hmm. and we're going to move on rocket man uh if anything because he freaking eats toothpaste or something and it's just gross it just grosses me out i don't like it one bit so yeah we're I, moving rocket man along i mean he he farts in a uh astronaut suit and and mm-hmm. the astronaut suit expands i mean there's there's really not a lot to like unless you like a uh, good film um harlan <laughs> williams by the way has not aged well if you take a look at what he looks like now in some of his recent work he very much looks like uh the personification of oh just the the most midwest bud light ads it is i it is rough yeah i feel like i need to look it up right now because i feel like um he was in something recently that uh why is rocket man not on here oh it's one word that's why i feel like he was in something recently uh that i saw him and i was just like oh yeah time was not kind to you one bit and i cannot remember for the life of me what that was um oh that's right i just watched well this wasn't what i was thinking of, but i just watched employee of the month again because you know uh dane <laughs> cook can do no wrong <laughs> he's just a great actor over here um, i totally forgot he was in that uh but the healies man, I, of rodeo burgers by the way the healies yeah. in that movie were so spot on yeah those healies were spot on and jessica simpson you know greatest actress ever breakout role uh-huh <laughs> oh and Dax shepherd this is an 89 honda I will say Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard gets a pass in that one. Um, I couldn't figure out what it was, but I saw him in something recently where I was like, oh, yeah, he does not. He does not look good. But anyway, we're going to move Rocket Man along. Okay, we'll see how far he goes. Rocket Man moving on our fourth bracket this week brought to us by the man, the myth, the legend, Joe 
Gennaro of the Comic Book Rundown, who sponsored an entire year of brackets. And this show can't die until we fulfill that contractual obligation. As you know, Chuck is all about only contractual obligations. Um, That is the only reason he ever hung out with me. But Joe wrote something very special this week, and we will read that now. Hi, my name is Joe from the Comic Book Rundown. We talk about comic books. It's great. Thanks. That was really nice, Joe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to have him on. Uh, That was crazy. He recorded that drop. He texted it to me. Uh, I was able to plug in my Razor flip phone into my Hewlett Packard and uh, was able to get that on the soundboard. Yeah. I mean, it's just great that he said that to you. I could really hear the beard in that uh, that drop right there. And that's what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Not your beard, his beard. Yeah. Completely different beards. They're very different beards. Very yeah. different beards. My yeah. beard sounds way different, too. It sounds uh, very silent. Almost non-existent. Silent but deadly beard. Yes, it, it's a silent but deadly beard. <laughs> Smells like one, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bracket number four. Joe Gennaro sponsoring this bracket. We have uh, what I thought would have held up very well as well. Uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. Up against the Black Cauldron. Oh man. Okay. So again, this is this is childhood versus like preteen life, mm-hmm. right? Seeing evolution when I was young, like eleven or twelve years old, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. When the alien is in the leg and he's like, "Don't take my leg," and it's like, "It's going towards your penis," and he's like, "Oh, take the leg, take the leg." I was like. Humor does not get any better than this. This is Correct. the pinnacle of comedy. Dude, I thought right Orlando Jones was going places. After Evolution yes, uh, and the Make 7 Up Yours commercials, I was like, this guy's got it made forever. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, Orlando Jones, where have you been, man? Come on back here. Uh, we need more dick jokes. I miss but, you, honestly, Orlando Jones. Yeah, I, I actually do like I do like him and everything. He's he's shown up in a few movies we've watched yeah. uh, in the podcast, and I do like, I do like him most of the time. The problem was, again... It stems from really boring. <laughs> like there was like I was just bored out of my brain watching Evolution. I I so I remember them switched. I remember thinking Tremors was really stupid and Evolution was awesome. Mm-hmm. When we rewatched both of those, Evolution was really boring and Tremors was amazing. And so I, I and they both are kind of like very similar in the sense of like weird alien things and yeah. kind of comedy, but kind of action and kind of sci fi and kind of not and kind of good a plot, but not really a plot. So um, I, that's that's where that lands is just my my preteen idea of it versus my childhood remembrance of the Black Cauldron. I remember watching specifically. I have a vivid memory. I was on uh, Pico. I remember the street in my hometown. Pico Street was where my friend John Thompson lived. And I went to his house for a sleepover and we put this movie on and it scared me so much. I did not sleep all night Mm -hmm. because of all the like demon things coming out of the pot and all the undead army and stuff like that. This this movie wrecked me as a kid. I remember thinking of it as an epic in the vein of Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. or something like this movie was like, oh, I was blown away by it. Just it scared the crap out of me. Come to find out, it's mostly about this doofus kid trying to protect a magical pig. It's yeah. not, it's not yeah. a great and and it's very long. Here's the thing. 
this movie, actually the source material, is extremely convoluted and, and a large universe that they tried to take and fit into one movie that turns out to be a mismatched story that really doesn't go anywhere, that's just too long with characters that mostly are dumb and unfleshed out, except for the old man that like plays the mandal- like mandolin or whatever. Yeah. That dude that dude rocks. That guy was great. Um, <laughs> he holds up. He, he holds up, but, you know, um, mostly by the shackles in the dungeon he was left in. But um, <laughs> I just this movie is one where it feels like they made four movies, then cut like 30 minutes from each one and just mm. mashed them together. The, I will say the animation style was innovative. It was very cool. It was like the first time they did like weird 3D, 2D animations where they did like computer generated backgrounds with hand drawn animations on top of it. And it was very, very interesting, but only certain scenes. Yeah. Um, I think the scene where like the, they go into the green thing and come out as undead and like the flesh is falling off and everything um, is one of those scenes. Now, what is interesting about this movie is it is a Disney movie. Yeah. Which most people forget that this was like a Disney film. Now, this was before the Renaissance, the the 90s Renaissance of like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Lion King, all that kind of stuff. Um, It looked heavily like Dragon's Lair, the animation style, especially with skin melting off. And and that's exactly the animation. Like, I think if you showed someone Dragon's Lair, they would confuse it for Black Cauldron. Right. 100%. Like looking at a couple scenes from this, I was like, oh, I remember Mm -hmm. this game. Oh, wait, this is a movie. Yes, very, very similar animation style, 100%. Um, now, the thing that I will say kind of gives Black Cauldron a pass is not because of the movie itself, but because of the whole lore behind the movie. This was something that was pushed back by Disney production from the get-go. Mm. Barely got released because they thought it was going to be too scary, but they forced it into production. It had kind of a cult following. And what's weird is it stemmed not in Disney World, but I think in Disney Paris. For the first five years that Disneyland Paris existed, there was a Black Cauldron ride that no longer exists. It was a walkthrough ride where you would go into underneath the castle into this like dungeony demon lair. And you would then like go walking by the actual Skull King or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would pick the it was one of those ones that was led by a cast member who would be acting with the audience and they would pick a child and give him the sword of light and he would fight the demon king or the the skull king or whatever hell and yeah like, and like it, the skull king would like start sparking and like die and then they would go off and they all got medals and stuff it was very much like a renaissance fair disney version kind of thing um okay. and that that to me is like it, it makes no sense why anyone would put this in a disney park like it does not fit <laughs> at all but the fact that it existed merely existed makes me think black cauldron i'm gonna give you a pass because mm-hmm. that's cool evolution okay you're kind of a, a comedy that's just outside its time you your jokes don't really land anymore i think david duchovny was in this or something like, he was very unforgettable movie uh, except for one scene and uh yeah i think that that can just rest in the past where it belongs mm-hmm. <laughs> So we'll we'll move evolution along. All right. Evolution moves closer to getting shot out behind the shed as it wins bracket number four. The thing I'm really glad you said David Duchovny as well. This whole time I've been like, I know it was Jeff Goldblum. I know it wasn't Lando Jones. Who was that third person? And I just they were so bland. Only David Duchovny could really kind of fill that spot. 
Yep, exactly. Like but it was a perfect role for him. <laughs> it really was. Well, and it's a yeah. sci-fi movie. It had like almost a, a, oh, this is almost like a Jurassic Park thing, like a little bit. Yes. And maybe that was mostly Jeff Goldblum, but like mm-hmm. it, it still, it had a, a vibe. It just didn't deliver on that at all. I think they were really going for that action comedy. Like the yeah. early 2000s is riddled. Like the graveyard of the early knots is riddled with these like action comedies that didn't exist or didn't do well. Like Shanghai Nights. Um, Almost the, the Heroes. Uh, I don't even know what that one is. There what is was, that one? It was the, for the <laughs> it was the movie that was released after Chris Farley's death about him and Matthew Lillard. No, not Matthew Lillard. Matthew Perry uh, as the analog to Lewis and Clark. They were competing with Lewis and Clark trying to get to the uh, Pacific Northwest before they did. Oh, man, that sounds actually good. If it was Matthew Lillard, I'd be 100 percent on board. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Matthew Perry. Okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's that's interesting. But uh, yeah, I just I feel like this movie just kind of was is evolution just lumped in with all the movies that kind of came out at that Mm -hmm. time. Nothing special. So we'll move it along because it doesn't deserve to have the memories that I had of it. That's very valid. Our first semifinal bracket, Jordan, is brought to us by the network number. If you want to text the network number to make sure that I don't reveal the address, date, and time of your wedding, you can do so by texting that to 603-803-3235. That does, in fact, unfortunately go directly to my phone. Uh, JB, stop sending me feet pics. I don't appreciate it anymore, and the joke is very tired. Very tired. (laughs) But our first semifinal bracket is going to be Kazam, starring Shaquille O'Neal, going up against iRobot. Okay, so. Mm. Which this one of these punched getting... your childhood in the gut more upon rewatch? Yeah. Again, if this is the one that wrecked my childhood the most, was the most just depressing because I was expecting so much and got returned so little... It's going to have to be iRobot again, only mm. because Kazam is one that I was expecting to be a C at best. Yeah. I was expecting it to be kind of like, okay, I'll probably enjoy going back to see it as a, you know, liking it as a kid. Probably won't think it's great, but like at least it's something like Blank Check, right? Like not a great movie, but Hell it was yeah. fun to rewatch it. Uh-huh. Um, if anything else, the weird pedophilia that's going on in that movie. <laughs> Or and the font choice of the check as a whole being like, yeah, this will pass. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny, too. I think I did a whole like mathematical breakdown of he got I think it was like a million. Not I don't think it was a million dollars. I think it was like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he bought a house, a mansion, (laughs) even yeah, a mansion, even in the 90s, I'm like the things he's bought, he would have been out of money a long time ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no way. Um, But that's this isn't about blank check. Damn it. This is about Kazam. (laughs) (laughs) Blank check doesn't deserve to be on this list because it holds up. Like the rodeo burger. too good. Yeah, it's too good. Um, I think we're going to move along iRobot um, mm. only because uh, Shia LaBeouf was in this during his Even Stevens phase. And he can get out of here with that shit. It was the transitional phase. <laughs> Even Stevens was great. Between Even Stevens and Holes, crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole career path. Honestly, <laughs> was Even Stevens and then it ended at Holes. But yeah, I just ended right there. I wish no you would have stayed skull. down in that hole, There's man. No- <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, I think I think we'll move iRobot along only because I was expecting so much out of this movie. Yeah. And it was just, it was a trudge. It was predictable. It was just like not well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a super no unsatisfying one, ending. Very super unsatisfying ending. And no one should love um, all-star Converse that much. Yeah. Like they're great shoes, but come on. <laughs> For real. <laughs> you don't need to get that crazy over them. <laughs> And I think you're you're spot on too with Kazam. It didn't have a high bar to set. It was mm-hmm. a movie where it's like, yeah, I'll see it if it's the second movie at a drive-in where I really want to see the other movie. Sure, I'll watch it. And it, I, it kind of probably lived up to that specific uh, bar. It did. I will tell you specifically too. I remember seeing this in theaters, not in a normal theater. In my hometown, we had a theater called the Man Theater, and this is the theater where you would go if. You wanted to only spend one dollar on a movie ticket 16 months after it had already been in theaters. Hell yeah. And you were OK with having to bring like a nail polish remover to remove yourself from the sticky chair once you're done seeing a film. <laughs> <laughs> this was, is the kind of theater that Pee Wee Herman would, or Paul Rubens would be. Wow. At. First off, <laughs> only on a hero uh, home hey. for my hometown. Nothing wrong with what he did. Society was wrong. <laughs> If there's a place to go and jerk off, it's a jerk off theater. That's all I'm saying. It totally is. Yeah, it totally is. Don't blame him. I blame society. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubenfeld, was very ahead of his time. He was very sex positive. And the rest of the world just needed to catch up. Yeah, I think people were a little it's it's kind of like uh, you. I think, you know, wrestling enough to know gold dust. I think like when he showed up, it was very kind of like squeamish because people weren't comfortable with it. Yeah. I don't think people wanted to sexualize the character of Pee Wee Herman <laughs> and people were having problems with that. So that that is very understandable. Uh, yeah. Also very familiar with gold dust. I played gold dust in my senior year uh, film class uh, movie. That we had to make uh, for graduation. Um, I want to see this movie now. The fact that one, Gold Dust is present in this movie, and two, you played him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this needs to be some Patreon content here. Um, I think I think the uh, the person that edited it put it up on YouTube at some point because I got. I mean, this was oh, obviously man. a long time ago, but someone reached out several years ago and they're like, "Is this?" Is this you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what were you? And I was like, I was gold dust. And they were like, why are you in a blossom from Powerpuff Girls dress? And I was like, it's what we had at the time. My face is painted. It counts. I I will tell you this. I'm going to give no context to this right now. But the things that we allowed ourselves to be filmed in in high school is pretty bad because I was filmed in a video called a senior video we that the the juniors used to make a video for the seniors where we make fun of the seniors every year mm-hmm. before they would leave yeah um and out of context the role i played was i was in a cheerleading outfit with a skirt running around a cemetery that <laughs> was what i was it was it was a very different time frame right like everything is relative to the to the time in which it happens yeah. but uh, my high school and middle school days were prime like jackass days. Like everyone was mm-hmm. going out with a with a with a shitty uh, handheld camcorder, uh, pretty much near killing each other on a regular basis yeah. in shopping carts. And that was, yeah. you know, that was the norm. We did that, too, just without the camcorder. So we were even more stupid. <laughs> we had no no possibility of any return on anything we did. <laughs> I was I was a pretty business centric youth. <laughs> yeah. You're like, guys, we need to sell this. MTV's already covered. VH1. <laughs> that's the place to be. <laughs> oh, my God. If I could have washed up stand up comedians do pop up 
journalism on my high school videos. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> but all right. So I rob I robot moving on to the yep. finals. Our second semi-final bracket is brought to us by the place where Craig's wedding's going to be. If you listened to the last episode of Elite A Showdown, you know that that's P.O. Box G, West Oneonta, New York, 13861. There are not uh, airports very close to that, so you will have to rent a car. It'll be a whole deal. But Craig's wedding will, in fact, be at P.O. Box G. West Oneonta, New York, 13861. Make sure to send your salutations there. Our second semifinal bracket is Rocket Man, the Harland Williams Classic, going up against one of the last times that we were graced with Orlando Jones, and that is Evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I already know which one's going to move along. It's going to be evolution. Mm. And here's the reason why is because rocket man has the strength of a mama bear when her little kid is in trouble and he wants you to call him mama. He wants you to say, save me mama. (laughs) And he will save you and lift the truck off of you in technically very little gravity, (laughs) which shouldn't have been as hard (laughs) as it was for him. Yes. But I think I think I'm going to move evolution along only because here's going into the finals. Both of them are going to have the problem of just being so boring. Yeah, that's the thing. At least Rocket Man is goofball. I'm sure kids still like it. There's someone to find enjoyment out of it. Well, once again, the bar was set very low. No one expected Rocket Man to be, uh, you know, a, a hit in any way, shape or form. Yes. And is Rocket Man the one where Shelley Duvall is his mom? I mean, that Shelley very Duvall well could of, the, be. of the shining fame. Um, oh, wow. What a fall from grace. I think that I think Rocket Man, his mom was Shelley Duvall. And if that is, in fact, true, then that's even more reason why Rocket Man gets a pass on this. one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to believe that that is um, th- this is the sequel to The Shining. Forget out of here, Dr. Sleep. No one cares about that. <laughs> this is what actually happened to little Danny Torrance. <laughs> Um, listen, I'm here for it. I, if those were words I never thought would have been said ever, so you have to accept it. Uh, evolution will move on to the finals. Um, our finals do, in fact, happen to be brought to us today by a very special friend of the network, and that's Wreck My Podcast. You can check them out, uh, I think, at wreckmypodcast.com. Yeah, it sounds like a shitty place. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> Wreckmypodcast.com. Actually, the, at the end of the year, that um, website will be no more because I'm sick of paying for a website that no one oh, uses. Oh, so you're going to make it wreckmypodcast.online? Uh, no, a dot .biz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very official. Um, no, so uh, you wreck my podcast on everything. Wreckmypodcast.com. Uh, Instagram's wreck my podcast. Uh, I think we still have a Twitter that we haven't used in four years. Um, and then YouTube as well. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Patreon. We have a Redbubble store. We have all the things, the things that you're supposed to have to pretend that you're actually a successful podcaster when in fact... You're not. So we have all those things. Um, we're, we are on a hiatus right now. Um, actually, I don't know when this is going to be dropping. So we're probably back by the time this episode comes out. Um, it's slated for 2024. 
podcast. Oh, okay, episode. perfect. No, then we'll have been back, gone on hiatus, been back again, and just canceled. Um, but not by our own volition. We'll have been canceled because of some racist comment that Craig said. Yep. So, well, and uh, by the way, congratulations. He's keying up for his third marriage here, here in 2024. Yeah, exactly. 2024. It's really going to be third times a charm, man. Maybe Way he'll invite go. me to this one and it'll last. I think that's and maybe the you issue. guys maybe you guys should stop uh, betting money because he's just getting married to get paid out and then and nulls it right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's an expensive joke, but I appreciate it. He commits to the it. bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, when we do come back, though, I think we're going to either every other week or once a month. So our presence is going to be a little bit down. But what we're going to do is we're going to take all of that uh, that luster we have Mm. in four episodes and just pack it into one. Can you handle it? I don't know. Find out. Tune in. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be more of a, a wreck my periodical. Yes. But but what we're going to do is we're going to do the same shtick where we're just going to do really long uh, franchises that no one cares about. Mm. So instead of it taking you four weeks to get through the Twilight franchise, it's going to take you four months. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's super on brand. Our finals, Jordan. Is evolution going up against not you, robot, but I, robot, I, robot, Um, again. I will say uh, one thing that that is interesting about iRobot is did they lose their licensing deal? Because what about those little vacuum cleaner robots that are called iRobots? Is this actually a conspiracy theory where the company is telling us these little vacuum cleaner robots that are iRobots are going to rise up one day and become uh, essentially uh, white face robots? Uh Are are the robots in iRobot racist? Uh, Are there any robots of color? Are they all white? You know what? This is becoming more problematic. It really does. Yeah, the revisionist history here actually is not holding up for the future of iRobot. Uh Uh-uh. No. Uh, This is is becoming troublesome. I may need to now... uh, Maybe iRobot has to move along as... uh, (laughs) No, so um, iRobot versus evolution. (sighs) This is a hard one. Only because... Yeah. It's hard because... I'm a huge science fiction fan. Mm-hmm. I believe you're also a huge science fiction fan. So normally anything that deals with aliens or space or robots gets a pass by me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move. I'm going to move evolution along. Wow. Only, be, only because I'm bringing it back around full circle to how we started this. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk to the rescue. Mm-hmm. He's going to save the day. Yeah. He, he's going to save it from going on. David Duchovny versus Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk wins 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 doctors agree. Yeah. Alan Tudyk wins that one. Well, and um, the thing that's super important about that, too, is Alan Tudyk, first off, just an absolute national treasure. To be able to mm-hmm. play both King Candy and K2SO, like, yes. his range oh my is, gosh. Is, is stellar. And yes. often unnoticeable. Like, you can't. Alan Tudyk doesn't have a specific voice. He just is whatever is needed for mm-hmm. the film. 100%. And I think that it's super important because when you go into a film and Alan Tudyk is, is especially voice acting there, you're listening to that character and you're like, wow, I bet this guy only has one dick. And you'd be wrong because he's Alan Tudyk. He's he got does. two. He's That's why he does two. so much better. That's why he gets with the really hot chick in uh, Firefly mm-hmm. when no one thinks he can. He played he the it. he did the motion capture for uh, Tails for the second Sonic the Hedgehog movie, except backwards. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what? 
Speaking of, so we're going to move evolution along. Evolution's going to win. Um, but I want to talk about Alan Tudyk just a little bit more before we uh, go over to the the podium and give evolution its uh yeah its shit stained medal of whatever. Um, <laughs> so did you ever? Uh, there was a. I don't know if it ever got released, but there was a webisode show that Alan Tudyk created and starting called Con Man, oh. and it was about him going to conventions as kind of a washed up nobody. And like he had like Sean Astin was like a character that kept showing up where he, Sean Astin played this like really douchey guy that was like his friend. Um, of course, Nathan Fillion shows up in like some episodes and like the whole cast of Firefly shows up. It was a thing that you had to pay. It was like a um, like a CISO thing or dropout TV or something like that. Not even that. What was that thing where um, the people you pay money and then they give you something and it had Kickstarter, like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe kind of oh. thing. Um, and so I paid into it and then you got access every week to the con man season episodes. And it actually was two seasons long. I wish I could find it somewhere because I remember thinking it was just amazing and awesome. Okay. But that's like a very small known show he was on that I think holds up. Again, I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it holds up really well from what I remember. And it would be great if you're an Alan Tudyk fan to go try and find that. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. Like, yeah, it was very funny. Very funny. Yeah. I like that a lot. It reminds me of, um, or maybe it's just Sean Astin. Whenever I hear that name, I'm like, oh, Stranger Things. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not Lord of the Rings. Stranger Things. Correct. Straight to it. Yeah. 100. It's not just, the Goonies. <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, he wasn't the standout in the Goonies. He, and he wasn't. What are you talking about? He's the one who told us it's our time down here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Chunk was the standout of the Goonies. What are you talking? There was no one holding a torch to him. All right, you're right. The truffle shuffle. The mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. He he had it. He was Captain Chunk. <laughs> yes. And in um, Lord of the Rings, if you if people even remember those movies, uh, Stephen Colbert stole the show. <laughs> he did. Yes, Stephen you know? Colbert as the what was he an elf or was he a goblin? He was, or he, was, was? he was like a guard that like opened the gates when it was raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this conversation the other day with my coworkers. Uh, one of my coworkers, they brought me over and they said, Jordan, settle a debate for us. Samwise Gangi, worst character ever or best character mm. ever? And I said, best, because without him, Frodo would have never made it. So it's all relative. He's the though. heart. He is the heart. Fair. I, I don't disagree there. Um, Samwise Gamgee is an enabler. That allowed people that received more than they should have gotten uh, the ability to keep abusing the generosity of Mr. Samwise Ganji. Yes, but also he's a hobbit. <laughs> I don't know. All I don't right, have an true, for it. Fair. I don't, yeah. You got good, me there. There's a really good point, right? <laughs> No, I mean, if anything, though, uh, he knows how to cook potatoes and you get a pass on anything when you know how to cook potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. He he listed literally every way to cook a potato. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, So, yeah, I had that conversation. But anyway, Sean Astin, treasure, uh, Alan Tudyk, treasure, Nathan Fillion, treasure. All of them are in the show. Con man, 
Go see if you can find that anywhere, because if you can, it's worth a watch. It might even just be on YouTube for free. Who even knows if anyone owns the rights to it anymore? My my introduction to Alan Tudyk was in the uh, European or the British version of Death at a Funeral. Oh. Um, where he knocked it out of a park. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I like the cut of his jib. He's going places. And uh, I've never actually seen that. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I have to complete, I have to get my, um, my achievement for every Alan Tudyk movie consumed by my eyes. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Uh, you're, you're still going through those Xbox 360 achievements. Like no yeah, one's exactly. tracking them anymore, but listen, they're important to get all of them. and they understood. I need my, yeah, they need my little Xbox coins or whatever they gave you when you got an achievement. <laughs> All right, so Evolution is going to take the day. Guys, if you liked our show, cool thanks, because it's over. Because we aren't part of anything anymore. <laughs> Lee Day Showdown is canceled, and uh, apparently it's Dan's fault. We got canceled. But you can check out our friends, and hopefully yours soon too, including the Comic Book Rundown, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, the Carton Cast, and the sponsor of the final bracket in this particular episode, Wreck My Podcast. Uh, where Jordan's there. Joe's there. Yeah. Sometimes Cam shows up and, uh, you know. Sometimes Cam shows up and likes to make more editing for me. That's, that's mm. what he does. That's always my favorite. You know, there was there was a spree of episodes of Wait Did I Roll a Wild where we'd be just about finished up and Chuck would get down into the studio. He'd kick open the door and just start yelling. And... <laughs> Isn't that great? As an editor, you're like, this is great. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. One of my one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, this this is super fun, man. This is so good. Really appreciate you being here. This it's it's always nice to have on another uh, professional, right? To be able to to round out the absolute garbage we put out here. But with that being said, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, I have been your host, Tim France. For Jordan of Wreck My Podcast France, we say goodbye, stay safe, and remember to leave the blood on the bracket. This has been Elite Eight Showdown. Route is back. To be fair, uh, in season two, it was declared that they had a restraining order against Chuck. We weren't allowed to use them until he left. So, gotcha. Mm-hmm. But, so, but why don't I get a cash register? Because <laughs> it's not on the soundboard. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. Do the whole thing over. Do, yeah, get all right. Soundboard. Do the Run it one more time. Dri- yeah, drive it. Drive over. <laughs> all right. Give me half an hour. I'll ride over to the Coles quick. I'll get booted up and we'll be good to go.